0: Welcome back to the 715 Podcast, everybody. Very special guest, Mr. Kyle Rothbauer in with us today. Uh, Mr. Rothbauer is, or was, a gym teacher at Memorial High School with us there for a little bit, and he's kind of our head strength and conditioning coach at um, Eau Claire Memorial. So, Coach, it's finally great to have you on the podcast, and we're so happy that you can be here today.
1: Thanks. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Uh, looking forward to it. It's been something I've been been watching, and uh, I'm excited to be part of it. Yeah,
0: thank you. Um, why don't you go ahead and give yourself a little more in-depth intro if you will for kind of who you are and I guess what your new role is kind of around the district maybe
1: cool yeah new role to yeah. say the least right um, my, my role actually got changed the day before school started so wow. yeah, yeah things are changing rapidly right mm-hmm. that's what I keep hearing but um, I'm a PE teacher still however I'm at DeLong Middle School now mm-hmm. so I went from a high school PE teacher for the last five years to a middle school PE teacher and that's fine, no big deal, same same exact gig. Um, but this year it's a little bit different because we're virtual, yeah. right? So I'm uh, I'm teaching virtual classes, five of them a day. I'm supervising a handful of minis so some of the core teachers can have preps. So uh, essentially we're just a, a big team over at DeLong. So yeah, I got moved there the day before school started and we're just adjusting on the fly.
0: Yeah, and that's something that Coach Rothbauer talked about a lot leading up to kind of the school years just to be able to be flexible. And um, we would have the team, the team meetings for football and coach rothbauer speaks um probably every other week and he it gives a little point like that and i think um there's nobody better to kind of come in and step in and say mm-hmm. hey you need to be flexible because then he's like yeah that he got thrown in that <laughs> same boat and then <laughs> like the first day of school came and he's like oh i got to be over at the long so i think um we really we do definitely appreciate when you come on and give us those little pointers and stuff like that and now you're finally living kind of those points that you're trying to make, too. Um, But how has the transition been over at DeLong? How different is it? And let's just say from high school to middle school, how different is it? So I think the the biggest thing that's
1: different, obviously, this year is the virtual aspect, right? Mm -hmm. We, We don't, we're not with our students face to face. So that's something that I really was never prepared for. It's kind of interesting because you're you're in a weird line where you want to be able to see the kids and you want to be able to chat with them and you want to be able to have those interactions, but at the same time, on days when we're doing workouts, like I understand, they don't want to be on camera, <laughs> zoomed in, puffing and puffing. Like that doesn't make sense either. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, we're we're explaining what to do and we're showing them what to do, and then they turn their cameras off. We turn our cameras off, and we just reconnect in 15 minutes. You know, okay. so that's been kind of kind of interesting. Um, and then in terms of getting to know students. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily think it's it's completely crazy, but the fact that you can't see anything more than eyes, yeah I mean you have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I've been there now. I've been at the school for six weeks, and we see students who are in other classes. We don't have face-to-face for PE, but I still see students who are in other classes, and I don't recognize any of them. I mm-hmm. walk by the same kids all the time. And I'm like, man, I I see your eyes. That's all that I can yeah. see. And um, me, too, right? They've never seen me before. So Mm -hmm. walking around in there, they're probably like, man, who's this guy? So, yeah, that's been weird. Um, Getting to know students and building relationships is just completely different than it's ever been before. Yeah, and
0: especially virtually, too, because I think it would be different to build relationships at the middle school level, even if we were in person, because they're a little less social and a little more kind of awkward. It's those awkward stages of middle school that you're going through. But then... To have it all virtual too, I couldn't imagine what that what that'd be like. Cause I only have one virtual class, and it's Spanish, which is like a pretty difficult virtual class, I would say. But I'd say the hardest virtual class would probably have to be gym, because like, how do you grade participation on kids? And
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, it, it is right at the end of the day. You have to you have to trust them. I mean, that's something mm-hmm. that's been really important. Um, because I'm going to give them assignments or I'm going to give them workouts to complete, and I have to just. Listen to what they say in yeah. terms of if they finished or not, right? Yeah, I finished them. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. for, I don't know for a fact that they did it, but I, I've been pretty trusting, so it's been it's been interesting to say the yeah. least. I hope it doesn't last forever this way. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. And actually, I think I, there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel where um, they had a meeting last night um, where winter sports are supposed to go through, and we're supposed to play winter sports. I don't know if you heard about that yet but um my mom was at the meeting and north parents and memorial parents got together and they met and so there is a little bit of light there and hopefully we can I'm hoping for like a second semester 5 days in person but awesome man awesome. we just got to hope and pray for it yeah yeah, yeah exactly and and i think what you said earlier about
1: being flexible and being able to adjust on the fly, it, it takes a completely different meaning when you personally are the one who yeah. has to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can say things all the time like, yeah, you need to be flexible. You need to be ready to roll. But then as soon as – I mean, when I got the call that said, hey, you're going to DeLong t- Monday, I mean, I, I just couldn't even speak for yeah. like five minutes. I had no, no idea how to react to that. But, I mean, you you can take a couple of minutes to be upset or be disappointed, but Mm -hmm. then you got to, you know, get ready to roll. So, the most important thing for me is just making sure that I'm still providing some sort of impact on my students. Yeah. I want them to know that I I care about them and and I'm willing to do whatever the district wants me to when it comes to PE. So, yeah, I'm excited that I'm, I'm still a part of it, but
2: certainly adjusting every day still. Yeah, do, do you uh, do you know any other teachers who had that similar scenario? <laughs> yeah, schools.
1: Yeah, actually, a ton. So when I got that call on Friday, um, I can't remember if it was forty or sixty. I mean, the number was huge. Mm-hmm. Where I was told, like, yeah, you and forty other teachers are moving today. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, it was it was wild. And and every time I was like sitting around, sulking, and feeling bad. About, oh, why did I have to move? There was like three other teachers who had to do way worse. Yeah. <laughs> there was a teacher who um, was an elementary PE teacher for the last thirty years. And now he's doing part health, he's doing part high school, he's doing part virtual. I mean, he's pulled in a million different directions. So, I mean, I'm sure he's really, really struggling um, to adjust and and Mm -hmm. just figure out the technology component. So, yeah, as soon as I started feeling bad for myself, I had to check myself really quickly because there's people in much, much more difficult scenarios than me.
0: Yeah and then you talk about the impact a little bit that you've made on your students and I would say you're definitely one of the people that have made an impact on me throughout the district and throughout people who have been impactful in my life and what do you think is something that kind of drives that passion to make an impact and and do that kind of be that figure that's like that positivity or that flexibility that you show through how do you think that how do you think that you can translate that through virtual learning and then kind of how how this new schedule is for you at the long
1: well first of all i appreciate that i mean that that does mean a lot um at the end of the day the reason you go into education hopefully is mm-hmm. to impact students and to build relationships with students when they need it yeah mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of students who come from you know whether it's home lives or or part of certain teams where they don't necessarily fit in and you just have to be there for them um it's it's really kind of a a unique occupation because you're with so many different people, so many different styles of kids, people Mm -hmm. who love sports, hate sports, people who love music, hate music, right? Mm -hmm. You're with all kinds of different people. So me personally, I just wanted to be able to be there for as many people as possible. And I've always been kind of a social outgoing guy. So being able to translate that to to teaching has been I don't wanna say an easy transition, but an enjoyable transition. Yeah. You know, and then the, the thing that teachers I hope I can speak for all of us is the the things that we love to see is when you have students maybe as middle schoolers or young high schoolers and they grow tremendously in four mm-hmm. years. I mean guys guys like you and, and guys like people who you see start who have all kinds of potential and they're great freshmen and then sophomores even better. And then when they're juniors, you're like, man, that's such a good kid. And then they elevate even more as seniors. Like that's really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's really cool. And hopefully I can just continue to be somebody who can chat with these kids, you know, mm-hmm. if, if they ever need anything or if they ever need to talk about anything, I just want to be there. And, and for everybody, you know, I think we're in a unique time not just in schooling, but in our world, right? Yeah. Where it's so easy to have polarizing views and so easy yeah. to disagree with folks. And a lot of times you see those things cause tensions and, and cause relationships to com- completely dissolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let kids know and, and let adults know for that matter too is that regardless of how you feel, if you agree with me or disagree with me, I'm going to be the same person. You know, I'm yeah. still going to hopefully be um, inviting to you and, and let you know that I'm, I'm still here to chat with you and things like that. So I want to
0: provide that for kids too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, why don't you then talk kind of about what your second life is outside of the district at uh thirteenth strong that you have over there? That's the morning lifting session that a bunch of us football players have been in at um Monday through Thursday now. So how did that kind of get started and, and stuff like that?
1: So yeah, that's um that's been a, a really enjoyable part time gig for me. And I say part time Kind of, you yeah. know, with grain of salt, because I'm, I'm there a lot. So what yeah. it is is it's a, a small personal training and um, group training facility. It's 1,600 square feet. It's located right off of Hastings Way here in Eau Claire. And I started that with my friend Alex Mortensen back in 2015. Um, we essentially were training out of a garage and we needed a place to go. So Mm -hmm. we we opened that place and um, slowly grew. So right now it actually looks marginally put together in terms of the equipment and the (laughs) flooring and stuff like that. When we first started, um, I bought I bought two old squat racks off of Craigslist for like $50. <laughs> there was no flooring. It was uh, completely concrete. I found one barbell on a, um, a Black Friday sale or something <laughs> like that. And so we started from very, very humble beginnings. And um, it's just cool to see how it's grown. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, groups groups like the morning group and, and some other groups that we have after school keeps me pretty busy. So, mm-hmm. so that's exciting. Um, it's neat how... The gym and teaching kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, a lot of a lot of our clients at the gym are students that I've had in the past, or athletes that I've coached in the past. So it's it's just cool to kind of merge those two together. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm a pretty busy guy. After Mm -hmm. school, I head there for a few hours and try to you know be with as many kids as possible and then get home. I have a little baby at home and my wife's having another baby in December. So yeah. and I've, I've got I've to make sure that I'm managing my time mm-hmm. well. But um, again, it's enjoyable. So if, if it wasn't, I certainly wouldn't do it. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: Dang. I never knew you started off like like that. I guess I kind of just assumed it looked like what it kinda of looks like now, but
1: Hey, well it still kinda of looks like it's just starting, right? No, there's still no there's still some parts of it where you're like, wait a minute. But no, if if you saw the original if you saw the original <laughs> photos.
0: And it's th- getting bigger too. You're you're kind of absorbing into the momentum. Uh, baseball academy there, yeah. And so you're adding s- square footage and
1: yeah, that's kind of that's kind of breaking news, man. That was you just kind of oh shoot, we kind of dropped it. a bomb. No, we no, can it's totally out. fine. You got to bring some uh, some clickbait to the old podcast, <laughs> but no, um, we're going to. Momentum Baseball Academy is is building a new place and they're moving in here at the end of the year. Um, beautiful place off of Claremont and we're we're fortunate enough to be able to take over their their square footage as well. Yeah. So we'll be adding about three thousand square feet here December or January, depending on how quickly their building comes to completion. Yeah, so that's sweet. Yeah, it's going to be cool, man. I really think it's going to be awesome. We'll be able to train and sprint indoors. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to do that in Wisconsin, especially with the schools being shut down this year. So I'm excited to be able to do that.
0: Okay, I wanted to ask kind of a question going off what you said on how like the school and the morning sessions at 13th Strong or any sessions at 13th Strong go hand-to-hand. You think it's kind of more impactful now that you're at 13th Strong because we are virtual and you're not getting that fulfillment of in-person kind of – I guess interactions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a really good question. Um, and I think you guys obviously can answer that a lot better than me and yeah. I, I couldn't imagine being in high school and not having sports or extracurricular activities and things that you've spent so much of your time doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I certainly think there's more interest now. I think that there's a lot more people who are looking for something formal and something that mm-hmm. they can, can do to continue to train. So yeah, this has been This has been our busiest year ever, no question about it. I mean, virtually with schools, the weight room shut down after school, um, weight room shut down in the mornings. So, yeah, I I mean, I'm excited that we've been able to have so many people in there. Yeah. Yeah, It's been cool. I mean, the training is different, right? It's it's not your typical – I always use the word typical, right? It's not your typical training environment even now, I mean, we're wearing masks and we're following social distancing rules and things like that. And it's, it's much different than it has been in the past, but I think it only took maybe a day or two to come up with those adjustments. Yeah, You know, you're still able to get some pretty quality work in there Mm -hmm. in a short amount of time. So yeah, it's been, it's been cool. And I think the virtual component, like you mentioned with schools has certainly made us much more, I don't know about much more desired, but much busier. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. And then you talk about the training aspect too, a little bit different than, or and how it has been different and um we're kinda not using any barbells and I think I've really liked the transition we've made into the anti ankle or the ankle bone high and, and stuff like that and um just the all the go to stuff and the Ric Flair walks we have to do in the mornings and um could you talk a little bit of how important it is for athletes especially to focus on keeping their legs bowed and their ankles high and stuff like that. And kind of that philosophy you've tried to emphasize in your kind of programming.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I I think that that's something that's been completely different this year than ever before. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because it, it was really important for me to sit back and evaluate our students and look at what's important. Right, the best ability you, you heard this, you heard this earlier with LeBron last week. To the best ability is availability. Right, you have to be able to play. You have mm-hmm. to be healthy. And we were having some injuries, um, little injuries. We had some hammies here and there, things like that. But we also had some of those catastrophic ACL injuries. And and um, I I've always been a little naive to say like my training training prevents injuries, and I I think it does. But I think the style of training is really important. So I was able to do a like a little mentorship type with um, GLS, uh, go to locomotive. Systems. It's uh, placed down in Louisiana and they talk about inside ankle bone high and talk about having bow shapes. So essentially, what a bow shape is, is our knees are always pointing out instead of in. So we're preventing those valgus injuries. Um, As far as inside ankle bone high goes, it means that we are planting on the outer edge of our foot and we're distributing our weight to the outside as opposed to the inside. Mm -hmm. Um, What they do is they study movement at really, really slow motion, with slow motion videos. And they've determined that every single ACL and every single Achilles catastrophic injury happens from inside edge, where we're rotating in. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we train like that, then we're probably going to do that when we play. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to implement a lot of their stuff and uh, keep our kids healthy. Do you notice, have you noticed your backs feels good, your knees feel good, stuff like that? Yeah,
0: I don't think I've felt any knee pain since we've started. And usually when we are in doing our cleans and our front squats, I do kind of notice a little bit of just soreness and um kind of like the tendonitis feeling I guess. Um and that has not happened at all this this season. Oh, no that's back awesome. Yeah, I mean and, and I feel I still feel like I'm getting something out of it too. It's not like we're just kind of leveling off. I'm I've been getting faster. I'm the fastest I've ever been. I'm starting to weigh as much as I've ever weighed and it's definitely been making a big big impact on my training and and I think it'll keep us healthy too because we just actually had a kid who had a had an injury where it was could have been like an ACL thing and and you know you say that the training could prevent it and it probably did because his knee went in and he didn't tear his ACL and so I mean it's definitely showing that it does work and does have impacts. So cool. No, that's that's great. And
1: and at the end of the day,
0: I, when I was talking to Gary,
1: the guy who I was working with, um, I always ask him. I said, you know, what do you use for assessment to to show that things are getting better and and, and this program's working? Mm-hmm. And he said the easiest assessment is just ask ask the athletes. Mm-hmm. Do you feel better? Yep. Are you moving faster? Yep. Are you healthy? Yep. Right? It, it's always yeah. yes all the time. So I've uh, I've implemented a ton of that, and and I plan to continue with that. You know, the first couple of weeks is always hard for kids because they're like, oh, man, we're not going to back squat heavy. We're yeah. not going to clean really heavy. No, but we're going to do other things that are going to make us stronger, make us faster, and, and most importantly, keep us healthy. Yeah. So, yeah, that's been it's been fun. It really has, and I've enjoyed
0: learning new things too. Why don't we talk a little bit about the Braves then Oh and the tear that your team's been going on. I think the last, like, four days I've seen you in your Braves, different Braves jerseys, so kind of talk about – how you became a Braves fan coach and how that kinda of started.
1: So I've so the funny thing about these Braves jerseys is every year since I was in high school, literally high school, the second playoff baseball starts, with the Braves are in it, I'm wearing a Braves jersey. No questions about it, right? <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every single day. And I'll wear it until they win the World Series this year. Let's let's hope, mm-hmm. right? If they if they lose, I'll stop too. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a diehard Braves fan. I'm my senior pitcher's in high school. I had all my Braves jerseys oh, in the no. background. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys don't quite do the props like we used to back in the early 2000s. But, yeah, man, it looked, it looked sharp. I had Braves jerseys all over the wall. That's sweet. So. But um, my father grew up a Braves fan. He, he was always a Braves fan growing up. And then when, um, when we got old enough to start liking baseball, we just became Braves fans too. Yeah. So, and I think um, MLB, MLB TV has one of the coolest subscription options where you can, you can get a league pass and watch literally every single game. So last Dang. year I watched 162 games. Yeah, yeah my wife says the same thing. <laughs> um, everywhere, everywhere we are, baseball. I've got the phone up if I can't watch it on my TV. Um, I just really, I love it, right? Yeah. I love the Braves. They're so fun to watch. And then um, this year with the shortened season, 60 games, I watched every single one and watched every single playoff game. And it's just been, it's been cool. And I mean, you guys know based on watching sports, when your team is winning, mm-hmm. there's nothing like it, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing like it. So I've been, I've been hyped these last couple of weeks watching the Braves cruise through the playoffs. So yeah, that's, that's sweet. That's, uh, let's keep it rolling. Yeah
0: they're they're playing the Dodgers right now, correct? Yeah. yeah, so so it's them and the Dodgers to go. Is it to go to the World Series? It is. Yeah. Wow. And the
1: Dodgers mean the Dodgers are everybody's pick, right? Everybody thought the Dodgers are going to finally win this year. Mm-hmm. The Braves are up 2-0 right now. So so let's see. Yeah. Um the Braves the Braves three of their five starting pitchers from day one are no longer with the team. So I mean, when that happened a lot of people are like, "Oh man, the Braves are going to fall off." But no, we've had some good veteran leadership and uh some rookies pitching well, and it's it's been awesome.
0: Uh, and then you talked a little bit about the subscription there. What about the WWE subscription? How about we get a little <laughs> bit into that talk? I, you got me hooked on the WWE coach, and I'm I'm not blaming you for anything, but I love it, and I'm am hooked. Um, I'm a WWE network member now too. And let's just start with your let's say your Mount Rushmore. We were talking about this a little. A little bit this morning. So, how about your top four WWE wrestlers of all time? That's
1: just that's that's awesome, right? <laughs> Any anytime
0: you can sit around and talk about professional wrestling. <laughs>
1: And you've heard me talk with Coach Sins, too, man. Professional, professional wrestlers are the best athletes on the planet. Yep. You, can't, you can't possibly convince me otherwise. Um, the, the showmanship and the, the athletics is just top notch. Mm. But um, I've been watching wrestling as long as I can remember. Back when, back when um, pay-per-views were, you literally had to record them on VHS. Like, they'd go so late. My parents made me go to bed. We'd record them on VHS, and I'd watch them <laughs> the next day. That's how, that's how I started watching wrestling. But my Mount Rushmore, let's see. So I would say almost everybody is going to agree with The Rock and Stone Cold. Yeah. Okay. Those are those are two. I mean, even if you don't watch wrestling, you know The Rock and Stone mm-hmm. Cold. So let's for for um, just to make it exciting, let's eliminate those two guys okay. completely. Right? They're, yeah. they're on everybody's. So we got to go yeah. a different direction. Um, Bill Goldberg. Bill Goldberg is on mine. I loved Goldberg. He carried the WCW era in the mm-hmm. in the late '90s. Um, I watched that all the time. My my warm up shirt in track and the shirt I wore under my pads in football in high school was Bill Goldberg. Nice, shirt. yeah, yeah. So Bill Goldberg, <laughs> Bill Goldberg's on that list. Um, Scott Steiner. Do you know who Scott? Steiner I don't. I've is? never heard of him. Okay, so <laughs> if you've never heard of Scott Steiner, you gotta you have to Google image Scott Steiner. Okay, and he he was just jacked i mean jacked like the the biggest dude ever and um he was a he wrestled in college at michigan so he was a really good amateur wrestler too and then yeah when he got to wwe and WWF, he was just a, a mm-hmm. mountain of a man so yeah you got to look him up he was he was awesome um i also like randy orton we okay. talked about that yeah this morning um randy orton a guy who who has been in the business for 20 plus years and he,
0: his dad was in right yeah exactly that kinda, okay
1: yeah yeah um so randy orton i mean he's just he's Mid mid to upper 40s, and he's just a specimen. Yeah, right? he just is an absolute beast. So the
0: RKL. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: And then Ric Flair, right? Mm-hmm. Ric Flair, no, no question about it. You know, Ric Flair is is certainly in my Mount Rushmore. He's the 16-time world champion, still has the record. Him and John Cena, and uh, yeah, no, nobody will be able to be as as high on my list in terms of just character, yeah. Than Ric Flair. I mean, he started, he made wrestling cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, ESPN did a thirty for thirty on Ric Flair because he's that cool. So, yeah, that, that's my top four, man. Get rid of uh, The Rock and Stone Cold, and add add those four guys, and you got a pretty nasty team. Man,
0: that just makes me happy to just talk about it. Jackson, are you a big watcher? Are you a big <laughs> consumer all, no. in the WWE over no. there? Do you think you could even name a top four? Probably not. No. Okay. <laughs> Do you it, think? What do you think of it? What do you think of? What do you think of pro wrestling, Jackson? From are you not as high on it as
2: we are? Not really. No, <laughs> I mean, from some of the you know the YouTube highlight clips, yeah. they're usually the highlights. They're never actually wrestling. It's just the the showmanship of of the whole program. Yeah. Um. But. Whatever bits I see, they're usually really entertaining. Okay. But,
1: yeah, and that's the thing, entertainment. <laughs> yeah. right yeah. that's
2: people. And and the
1: the biggest thing that gets me with professional wrestling is everybody's always like, oh
2: man, it's fake. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, you know what else is fake? Every single movie you've ever seen, yeah. every <laughs> single TV show you've ever seen, it it's fake. The outcomes are predetermined, but the storyline is awesome. Yeah. Um, that you have to be an athlete. I mean, there's no question about that. I obviously joke. I. I don't think they're probably the best athletes in the world but they're athletes <laughs> yeah. nonetheless mm-hmm. i remember when i first started doing some strength conditioning stuff i would always watch john cena and triple h some of those guys have hit like unbelievable numbers in the gym yeah. triple h is raw bench over 500 pounds you're in a very elite company when you've done that. Um, John Cena at 38 years old can still snatch 140 kilos. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, you're talking about some pretty elite strength numbers from these wrestlers. So, yeah, yeah, it's 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 awesome, Jackson. Your your um your feeling on WWE is pretty similar to my wife's. Yeah. She she's actually much worse than you. I think uh-huh. I think she uh, she understands and she knew what she was getting into when we got married, but. <laughs> She was hoping I'd grow out of it, I think, but you don't do it. You never Mm-mm. grow out of it, man. I'll be a, a WWE fan forever. So I was telling Grant this morning, I I caught her watching WWE last night after mm. the Braves game got done. She said it was just because she didn't know where the remote was, but I think we're <laughs> we're turning into a fan. So let's let's hope for that, anyways.
0: Yeah, it definitely turned me into a fan. So it's been it's been a fun. I would say it's probably been like almost a year now probably i've been i've been a fan it was probably the start of that strength and conditioning one with you at Memorial last year. So I think, and it's been so fun. I've got the, I've got two t-shirts. I got an undertaker shirt and a ultimate warrior shirt. So I'm starting to get on the bandwagon of the apparel and stuff like that. So yeah. And
2: you, you. and you have your own uh, Memorial championship. Yes, I
0: do. I I made my own MHS world heavyweight belt and stuff like that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
1: That's so awesome. It's just so awesome. I I hope that COVID season can get done here and we can get back to watching live events. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been to, I've been to live sporting events, you know, in every major sport, but I went to WrestleMania three years ago in Orlando, and nothing like it, nothing like it at all. <laughs> so insane! Yeah, eighty thousand people, yeah. and it was yeah, it was just so cool. So yeah, I hope I hope you can take your fandom to the next level and, yeah. and check out a live event. Yeah, hopefully,
0: because that's what a big part of it is: is that the fan interaction between the the athletes in the ring and and people in the crowd is really intense compared to some other sports and they really buy into that and the fans buy in and you got a lot of fans like Coach Rothbauer and I <laughs> that go and get hyped up when the music hits or the lights turn off so
1: I always uh, say like I'm a huge WWE fan and I am right I love WWE but when I was at WrestleMania, some of those fans, I mean, they, I'm, I'm nowhere near yeah. as great of a fan as those guys. Yeah, I mean, they, they truly live the WWE lifestyle. You see guys in full wardrobe. You know, if, if one of their favorite wrestlers loses, they're crying. Grown man, dude. So I'm not quite there yet, but man, I love the sport. I really, really love the sport. Yeah. The, the part about wrestling that's so funny is that now I, I think this is a perfect time to be a wrestling fan because everything is so much more widely accepted right people are people can be different i i would say when i was in high school and i was watching wrestling all the time we used to get together for wrestlemanias and royal rumbles and i'd bring Mm -hmm. a bunch of my buddies over and we'd watch it and nobody really liked it they're like oh this is what you watch this is wrestling that, that wasn't real that punch wasn't real yeah you can't people can't get past the fact that you know, all that stuff isn't real. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, now I mean, I think it's going to be much more widely accepted. Yeah, and certainly for me, I think Coach Sins, we're going to get Coach Sins to to turn over a new leaf and, and start liking wrestling. Too. It sounded
0: like he's just—he was like right there during high school, where he was kind of watching it, couldn't buy in, and now he's kind of like gone past, where he's not. But I think we could flip the script on him. And... It's the
1: taboo—the <laughs> taboo wrestling fan thing, mm-hmm. right? You can't—you can't. You can't be a wrestling fan. You have to. You have to. You know. You have to understand that it's not not real. But no, I think you'll. I think you'll come around. Yeah. So, oh, I know what we could talk about. What What else do I spend most of my time doing? Playing softball. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's. that's uh, I don't know how I forgot about that. <laughs> that's a big one. That's a big one. Slow
0: pitch softball. Um. And you're in a league right now, right?
1: Yeah. So it's we just we're we're in a tournament season. I okay. should say. Yeah. So this year I didn't play any leagues. Um. Usually leagues are local stuff where you get together with some of your buddies mm-hmm. and you play and those have kind of a bad rap too people are always thinking that oh those are just bar leagues and yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. but our team our our league team you know teams that we've had like that haven't haven't been that style um and then the teams that we play tournaments with we travel all over the place so this year we had a we had our national tournament in Kansas and then we had a tournament uh, another national tournament in Mankato. We were in Milwaukee last week. So, I mean, we, we travel quite a bit. This is our last tournament of the year in Mostyn nice. this weekend.
0: Yeah, On the turf there.
1: On the turf. So, championship game is 10.30 p.m. And it's supposed, to, yeah, it's supposed to be 22 <laughs> degrees and snowing. So, thank goodness it's our last outdoor tournament. But, you I know, mean, anytime I get to play softball, that's...
0: Yeah, so bad. how does your team get... Is it people around Eau Claire or who... Who's made up on that team? Yeah,
1: I would say so. Okay. We have we have people from the area. We okay. have a couple of people from Chippewa. We have a person from Bloomer. My cousin is from Appleton, and he plays with us. Okay, my brother Alex plays with us. He lives in Kadat right now. So, for the most part, around here. Okay. Yeah, and we're. I mean, we've we've played with the same guys for
0: the last handful of years. And so why slow-pitch softball and not just like men's league baseball? Why? What? What's the draw to softball that's different from baseball?
1: So I've never really played baseball before. Okay. <laughs> I'm a huge Braves <laughs> fan. I watch all Braves games. But I quit playing baseball when I was in seventh grade. My dad was our track coach, and I ran track mm-hmm. in high school. So I didn't play baseball. Now stepping in – to play baseball, yeah. I, I don't even. I mean, I was watching Carson in the cage. They mm-hmm. were had the pitching machine going last week, and I think it was only going like seventy. And I, I'm back there jumping. Yeah, he's like, dude, it's only seventy. <laughs> so I know for a fact I couldn't step in and play baseball. <laughs> the thing I like about softball is the ball is always pitched underhand. You know, it's a hitter's game. Yeah. So I've I've spent a lot of time hitting BP and things like that. And I I really love the fact that you can put in time to get better at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not a, I don't have a strong arm. I'm not blazing fast. I I don't have any of the natural skills that softball players or baseball players for that matter have, but I've worked really hard at hitting and I've, I've gotten much better at it. And that's something that's exciting to me.
0: So, and there's kind of some weird rules when it comes to slow pitch softball, right? Where you can't hit home runs every time. There's Correct. like a limit your team can hit?
1: Yeah, yeah. So depending on what the tournament rules are, or what level you're playing, sometimes you get one an inning. Okay. Sometimes you get two an inning. Sometimes you get three a whole game. So there's some strategy there. Dang. And people, <laughs> slow pitch softball is kind of like professional wrestling where people people see slow pitch softball and they're like, oh, man, I've just hit a home run every time. There's strategy there. You yeah, <laughs> you actually have to play the game the right way. So that's that's yeah. something else that has really been an adjustment for me. When I first started, I was I was probably, well, I've played for five or six years now, so I was 25, 26, and I thought home runs were everything, too. Mm-hmm. I would play in a, a league game on a Wednesday night, and, hey, I was four for four with four home runs, <laughs> and then you get to a tournament, and you can only hit three in the whole game, yeah. <laughs> so you hit one solo, and the team hates you for the rest of the day, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I had to adjust and, and work on hitting base hits and hitting line drives. and stop just blasting the ball over the fence which
0: sometimes as a baseball player feels almost as good as a home run when you're let's say there's just a runner on third and you get a base rip opposite field because you got to go with the pitch and then that guy scores and you're like yeah i did exactly what i was supposed to do with that pitch that's very rewarding and it does take a lot of skill not to just be able to hit a home run i'm guessing every time because there are some bats and you've been kind of using some different bats and getting some high velos off those bats um but, yeah, I guess the home run aspect of slow-pitch softball and not being able to hit home runs, it does take more skill than I think people realize.
1: I, I would say that with the bats we use today and the balls we use today, 98% of people could step up there and blast one out if they wanted to. Right? It's, it's, the home run, it's not automatic. You still have to hit it, hit it clean, mm-hmm. but the home run's not that hard. Mm-hmm. But can you step up there and hit a backside double, right? Can you step up there and hit a gap when there's no home runs left to use? That's hard. It's tough. And and I think that's what separates good hitters from just power hitters who can just step up there and blast away. But, yeah, we – I would say so that's an, another hobby of mine is hitting BP and testing mm-hmm. out a bunch of bats yeah so I, I was telling you before I started I'm in the process of starting our YouTube channel um, long ball BP is what it's called and it was kind of kind of um, ironic that I just got done talking about how you don't always want to hit the long ball but when you're on camera and you can hit a ball 108 miles an hour off a tee <laughs> or you're on camera and you can hit a ball 450 feet like that's what people want to see yeah so, <laughs> yeah our uh, our YouTube channel is is just gonna be bat reviews and um, a couple of my buddies are getting together and, and hitting. I was talking to you about that this morning, man. Over yeah. the winter, you have to come in there and test yeah. out some of these slow Yeah, it bats. Be. it'll
0: be weird because it's different than baseball where the bats are a little, little shaped a little different. They weigh a little less, and the balls are definitely different, big neon balls. That, right. I mean, it, it'd be fun to just go out there, and I'll come and try to get 100 or 105 because I think the highest I've ever hit is like close to, I think, 98 with baseball.
1: Which is um, gas, and I don't
0: know the difference, right? I don't
1: know if if slow pitch exit velos are faster, I would guess probably right? I have no idea I, I have no idea either, but I know your guys' bats are governed a little bit mm-hmm. more, so they're meant to be safer i think yeah um the 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 nice thing about baseball is. There's a pitcher who's ripping it at you, right? Yeah. So if you can if you can hit a eighty eighty five whatever mile an hour pitch it is, you can you can create some exit velo with that. Yeah. Softball, every single pitch is twelve miles an hour underhand, twelve miles an hour. <laughs> so we're not getting much from the pitch, but the bats and the balls that we use are are gas. So yeah, we've we've had some we've we've seen some hundred and eights off the tee. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so that's,
0: that's so insane. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's and we're playing ASA or USA, which is still one step below U trip. Like U Trip softball, I've seen some one twenties and some one twenty ones. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and pitchers, I mean pitchers get blasted. They do. They pitch yep. and boom, you can't get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a interesting game. It's a lot of fun. And so how many different kind of styles of bats would you test out? Like is- so there's brands kind of like kind of like is shoes. it
0: similar to baseball where there's probably like four or five main brands. I would guess out so. There. Okay.
1: I would guess so. I don't think there's a ton of overlap. So okay. in in slow pitch softball, in ASA, what we play now, Monster is the most popular bat. You probably never even heard of that. No. Yeah, so that's the most popular. They haven't been around that long, so just the last five years or however long it's been. is um, really popular. And then DeMarini. So yeah. does DeMarini
0: still have good baseball bats? Yeah, I, I've swung a DeMarini in the past. Those are usually – they. that's the best. So going through baseball, you have your drop eight stages, where, and then you have your drop five, so that's like the, the – Weight minus the length, or the length minus the weight—I don't remember which one it is—but you got your drop fives and then like drop threes is what we use in high school. And they had an insane drop five bat where it was just—it sounded like an artificial noise, ding. When it was just, it would the ball would just fly. I've hit the furthest home run I've ever hit with a drop five, and it it just carried and carried, and it was the best feeling in the world because they have the sweet spots, I'm, and I'm sure it's on like that on softball. Oh, yeah. And if you if you even were close to the sweet spot on this bat, it was. It was a home run. Is that what Gavin was talking about this morning when he said, I'm
1: going to bring in a drop five for you? Probably. That's <laughs> okay. probably
0: the one that you should I, – I want to bring that one in. They break really easy, so it like has an internal thing that like rattles now because it's broken. But um, I guarantee you could probably get 105 off of it. It's insane.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So I would say Marini is probably the most overlap between softball and baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikan, there's no baseball. No, um, never heard of that mike in worth have you heard of worth no okay yeah so i figured there wasn't very many. Yeah, not much remember the old axe bat yeah yeah so softball used to have an axe bat they still have one but nobody nobody swings it mm-hmm. but yeah that was that was one too so um and then dudley is a brand that i'm going to swing quite a bit this winter yeah again you've never heard of these probably no. but you'll you'll test you'll be able to check them out i think um when you're next time you're at the gym and we've got the
0: tea going give it a give it a, a good whirl so yeah it's it's pretty fun it's it's enjoyable and so how did the hobby on softball pick up about five years ago? Was it just something that you thought you'd go out and try or? I had nothing else to do. Okay. Right. I think that's kind of the
1: transition that you have to make from being a high school athlete. And then when I went to college, I didn't play any formal sports, but I played a ton of intramurals and a ton of rec sports. And then once college was done, I didn't have anything to compete in. And I've always been a pretty competitive guy. So I wanted to find something. And then I, I was just, you know, I, I had God given power, which was something that I was I just naturally had, and I was hitting the ball out of the park, and I was like, man, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. So I just kept hitting the ball out of the park, and I thought that I was you know such a great hitter because I was hitting all these home runs. I remember I remember it's like it was yesterday. The the guy who actually runs our team now is a a really really good player. He played at he played in the conference, which is the highest level of softball that you can play. He's a really really good player. But I was at a local tournament here in Altoona. And I just, I was, every swing was just trying to hit it into the woods, right? Just blast it away. And then um, he came up to me after the game and he's like, hey, you know, you, I see you have a little bit of power. Have you ever played much formal softball? No, just this, you know? And he's like, well, let's hit BP. BP. Okay, so he's like come come to Fairfax, which is the baseball field here in town. Yeah. Um, let's let's hit, you know, next week and, and see how you hit. Okay, awesome. So I remember like my first 10 swings, I'm just swinging for the barn, blasting balls into the road, and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, I'm impressing this guy. <laughs> this guy thinks I'm awesome." Then then he's pitching and he's like, "All right, now hit a gap, backside gap." I was like, what's, <laughs> what is what's backside gap?" <laughs> he's like, "Hit it hit it over there. Hit it hit it between first and second base." I'm right-handed, man. I can't do that. That's for lefties. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I'd never played <laughs> never played any formal baseball before. So, mm-hmm. you know, to go from no formal baseball and then play softball and, and having to learn those things. So I looked like a fool for the next, you know, yeah. 30 minutes. Couldn't get the ball over to the other side of the field. But um, I think that right there was the most important part of my softball game because I realized there's so much more than just blasting it out of the park. Yeah. So, yeah, I've worked really hard now. And I would say that backside is probably where I'm hitting most of my hits. Yeah. So...
0: Dang, that's awesome, and it just makes me it makes me happy too, because I think back to just like the base hits I've gotten backside, opposite field, and it's a good feeling to just get a base rip and kind of jog it out. You know, if, you know, you did your job, so yeah, yeah there's
1: nothing cool. like that. And and you said it earlier where when you hit the ball exactly where whoops exactly <laughs> where you're trying to hit it, and that's just so sweet. Yeah, and uh, and it happens like that in softball too. Even though they're pitching underhand and it's slow, you still have to hit it exactly where you're
0: trying to hit it so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's that's fun could you talk a little bit more of what you did in high school like some of your extracurriculars and kind of how you consumed some of your time Besides having your buddies over and trying to convince them like the a Royal rumble. <laughs> yeah, so I I when I
1: say I have my buddies over, I should probably backtrack a little bit there too. So I was like the one guy in high school who we didn't have cable. I don't know you no. guys all have cable, right? Like everybody has cable T V mm-hmm. now. We we didn't have any cable. So I had to my uncle always had cable and we'd always go over there my buddies would come over there and watch it. So but no, I when I was in high school I played I played all kinds of sports. That was essentially what I what mm-hmm. I spent most of my time doing i played football i played track or i ran track and then i wrestled and played basketball so i I actually only wrestled my freshman year and then i didn't do anything my sophomore year and then i started playing basketball my junior year so cool yeah it was it was cool um again remember when i was talking earlier where i said the things that i love now as a 31 year old i just was too cool to love back in high school um i wrestled my whole entire life i started wrestling when i was Really, really young. My dad wrestled in college, so wrestling was a, a really big part of our, my family. Mm-hmm. Um, my father got deployed when I was a freshman, so he went to Iraq. And when he went to Iraq, I, I decided to quit wrestling just decided like yeah hey, I'm not gonna wrestle anymore and um, so I didn't wrestle anymore from my freshman year all the way through high school. Well then when I got to college I went to University of Minnesota and it was a, a really big wrestling school. Yeah. And I started watching college wrestling again and started going to their duels and going to the Big Ten tournament yeah. and um, I was like man I, I love wrestling. So ever since college I started watching college wrestling and amateur wrestling a ton and then I coached wrestling at Memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, I would still say you know wrestling is is one of my favorite sports but in high school sophomore to senior year i, I didn't do it well wow.
0: that's in what, were you there during when brock lesnar was at, <laughs> at minnesota or was you were you a little bit after i was a little after that okay.
1: but there's a huge poster of brock lesnar okay. yeah so he's he is he's still i mean he's in his early 40s but he's still like a a hero a wrestling yeah. hero at u of m yeah, Every, everywhere you go, when when you talk about gopher wrestling, you still talk about Brock last night. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen what he looked like in college? Yeah,
0: I watched the national championship where <laughs> where he won in overtime. In overtime, he just won one nothing. Right, yep, it was yep. against Penn State, I think. Was it against Penn State or was it against Iowa? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't. I really I don't, don't remember
1: who either. he was wrestling. I think Brock was one of those guys who's just so such a spectacle right yeah. you, you don't even remember never. who he was wrestling because he was just such a unit so
0: yeah yeah he was uh he was awesome but yeah he was he was gone before I okay say. dang mm-hmm. um and then how was your time at uh, so what did you go to study at when you were at at the u of m there
1: so i originally went for chemical engineering oh wow! I yeah i don't know if i ever told you guys that. no yeah never... so one year, I was, in, I was a chemical engineering student my freshman year, and then I decided to change majors, and I transferred back to Eau Claire after that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then once I got to Eau Claire, I changed from engineering to, I was athletic trainer for my first year, and then I switched to human performance, and then I switched to um, education, and then I finally switched to physical education. So cool. yeah, I, I changed my major a million times. That's cool. I, when people would come to our high school and be like, "Yeah, most people change their major four, five, six times," I was like, "No, I'm not changing my major." Sure enough, yeah. <laughs> two and three years in, I'd already changed my major five times. So yeah, but it, yeah, so I, I was chemical engineering, and then I changed to PE.
0: Wow, I never knew that about you. That, that's interesting. Well, my
1: father was a math teacher in high school. I don't know if you guys knew that either. Mm-mm. He he was a math teacher, so we loved math at my house. We would ever since we were little bit. We, I was doing math, and um, I had a chemistry teacher in high school who I really liked too. So I loved math and I loved chemistry. Mm-hmm. So it, I was like, yeah, chemical engineering, man, that yeah. sounds right. Um, it was crazy tough for me. Yeah. yeah, and I I think um I think that's one of the most humbling years of my life was my freshman year at University of Minnesota because. I I didn't study really hard in high school, and I didn't take a lot of, I didn't have a lot of advanced um, placement or, or AP class opportunity things that we have, fortunately, now, and so I, I was like, oh, man, high school was, was easy, college would be easy, yeah couldn't be any more more (laughs) wrong man it was really really tough so i was you know i had to study really hard and i was still pulling grades that were significantly worse than they were in high school so yeah it was it was tough and it was very very humbling I, i had to completely change my approach
0: when it comes to um
1: school or you know studying in college
0: yeah wow I never knew chemical engineering was what you originally wanted to go do. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Always I'm, learning something new.
1: I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing now. But yeah. But every now and then I'll, I'll talk with my wife and be like, I wonder if I should have stuck that out. Yeah, wow. Well, I, I don't know. It was, uh, it was nerdy, right? And yeah. And I loved that. I, I loved science and I loved math. And, and it was, you're always thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and PE, I love being active and I love working with kids and things like that. But there are times where it's not soup you don't have to do a ton of thinking. Yeah. Right? So I find myself in lulls where I'm not learning stuff. And that's why it was cool to be able to work with Gary over yeah. the, the winter where I was learning a, a new style of training. But, yeah, you you go through lulls where you're not learning things. Hmm. And um, I, I think that that's something that I would encourage you guys to continue to I always do, right? Mm-hmm. Always learn things. Always get new hobbies. And and always make sure that you're continuing to push yourself. And engineering, man, that was that was a push. Yeah. I think I kind of gave up a little early maybe. <laughs> if I went back now, I'd have to start at algebra. <laughs> start, start with the basics. I haven't done formal math in, in 12 years.
0: Wow. Well, you want to talk about Milo a little bit? Or... Yeah, Milo. Milo? Yeah. Oh, see? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so nobody knows, right? Yeah. So that's this is what I was talking about earlier. Um my my business partner and I, Alex Martinson is his name. Him and his wife moved to Fort Myers, Florida about well, almost four years ago now. It's 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 been a, a while. But while he was there he met a couple of people who work in um computer programming and um app design, things like that. And he had an idea to start a virtual training platform where coaches, trainers, influencers could have one space where they develop their programming and then distribute it to their clients. It was a way for you to um, maximize the amount of people that you interact with, maximize Mm -hmm. the amount of people that you help, maximize the amount of people who you can work with and train with. So that program is called Milo. Um, Trainwithmilo.com is our website. Right now, um, there's a lot of just blogs on there where Alex or myself write about training or write about a couple of other things. And then we're hopefully going to launch within the next month or two. That's a a tentative start date. Um, Hopefully, within the next month or two, we can get that rolling. So I'm excited to chat more about it once we actually yeah. get it going. You know, yeah. We'll be able to see how we use it and how we interact with other folks, and, and then we'll be able to you know, have more details. As of now, we're, we're still waiting. right? Mm-hmm. We're still waiting to see what it looks like.
0: Cool. That's all I really – I didn't even really know what it was, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, it, and it's hard to explain other than
1: it's a virtual training platform okay. for, for coaches and trainers and influencers and stuff like Which
0: that. Which sounds perfect now because you don't have to go to – big meetings and yeah
1: you know we we had we had some people who we work with or some of our friends who are also personal trainers and they do all one-on-one stuff, mm-hmm. which is kind of like what we do at the 13th. And the um, the amount of people that you can reach is so small. There's only you know, a certain amount of hours in the day. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that there's not people who still could benefit from your services. So what Milo is is a way for you to have a platform that can serve so many different people because you're not yeah. working with them exclusively in a one-on-one face-to-face setting. The virtual aspect of it allows you to, to work with so many more people at one time. Yeah going to say oh are you guys do you, um you have a lot of virtual stuff right you have 2 days of regular and then all the other days are yeah. virtual yeah okay maybe maybe i'm just maybe it's my old age right but do you guys ever get headaches from staring at the screens all the not time not
0: really i try to go in like segments where the most i would be on my computer would be like an hour mm. and so if i can do an hour go get a snack go get food water whatever and then come back and finish anything that's kind of how I've approached it, but I was looking at like the Felix Gray like blue light glasses. You know? <laughs> that's what I was going to talk about. Man. Yeah,
1: that, that's why I was bringing this up. Uh-huh. So I and maybe I hope you guys are a little too young. Maybe not, but I've ever since Amazon Prime became a thing, yeah. where you can literally you want it, you order it, you get it in two days. Uh-huh. I've uh, I've probably abused that privilege <laughs> quite a bit. Um, and the blue light blockers, man. So last week. After like four weeks of this virtual learning, and all PE, like we said, is all virtual, yeah. my head was just banging every single yeah. day. I'd come yeah. home and be like, oh my gosh. And I was telling my wife, I was like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm having like little episodes or something going on here, but my head just hurts so bad. Yeah. So I was talking to one of my students who was wearing these glasses during virtual lesson, and they had like this purplish pink hue. And I was like, what kind of glasses are those? Oh, these are blue light blockers. Yeah. Why do you need those? Well, oh, because I don't get headaches anymore. Order right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, ordered them, and they just came. They just came this morning. But I don't. And again, I'm 31. I used to think like, ah, oh, 30s is still kind of young. But my sense of style com- <laughs> now, compared to what it is for you guys and some of you younger folks, is completely different. The options that they had for these blue light blocker glasses, the options that they had, it was two pack. So anytime okay. you get a two pack, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Right, need yeah. Two for <laughs> two for whatever it is, I'll, I'll do it. Uh-huh. Um. All black was one of the options. Can't go wrong with all black. The other options, clear. Fully clear. Yeah, yeah, you're giggling, right? Yeah. Um, Tortoise. You know the tortoise frames? It's like a brown. Yeah. Yeah, so I I like that. I have sunglasses like that. I think that looks really cool. But the tortoise ones you could only get with like a yellow pair or something. So I was like, I don't want a yellow pair in this. So I was trying to find a two pack that I could see myself wearing both. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting the clear and the black. Nice. Yeah, the clear and the black. Um, The clear, I think that, yeah, I don't know. I'm. I don't know if I'm ready for this. So, did have, did you get them yet? I got them. I, yeah, I wore them today during my all my virtual meetings. Nice. So, have you been a glasses wearer in the past, or is that something fairly new? <laughs> I've never needed them. Okay. But mm-hmm. I've worn them. I've worn them a ton. Yeah, I wore. I wore glasses. So I. I like big sunglasses. Um, not like not big metal frames, but mm-hmm. um my so i got i got ray-bans i got a pair of ray-bans when i was in high school that i was like oh these are really really cool and then when i got to college i got another pair for my birthday or something like that so over the last you know since high school i've i've been i don't want to say collecting but i've i have probably 15 pairs of ray-bans just all big plastic frames yeah they're cool and um cat 5000 is my my favorite style of ray-ban if you've never heard of it check it out they're pretty cool but um i have a pair of um casual glasses with that frame too okay not prescription cuz i i still have 2020 vision nice. but um yeah i got lucky there but um yeah i, I wear those around a lot so I was hoping that my blue light blockers could look
0: like those. Mm-hmm. They they don't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they I, they don't. So do they have a tinted frame on them? Because I know some don't, and they're just like they look like regular glasses.
1: So they're clear. It's a clear frame. Okay. But that hue, that purple and pinkish, it is a... you, okay. you can see it. It's okay. kind of like a fluorescent. You know, like what a bubble a bubble looks like. Like if you yeah. blow a mm-hmm. bubble and it lands, it has that fluorescent kind of look. Mm-hmm. That's what they look like. Dang. Um, you can't see it it doesn't look like that when you're looking out 'em. them yeah but when you like if i move and you saw the lens you'd be like oh what's going on there you yeah. know right away it was blue light block yeah dang so yeah
2: my mom has uh one of those pairs sitting next to the tv because when it's late and like she just says like when she gets tired and then watches tv that's when she'll get headaches and stuff so usually man. if it's like you know 9 p.m and we turn the tv on that's when she'll grab her blue light glasses does she think they help? Yeah, I I think so. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. I might have to get a pair. Uh, Just hey, to get a I know pair. a guy
1: who's got two pairs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you want to try them yeah. out. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wore them today, and and I'm a I'm a big believer in placebo effect, right? I mm-hmm. always have been. If mm-hmm. you believe it, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. So I wore them today for the first half of our virtual day, and it felt like money, man. My nice. head was feeling great so it's also virtual day is, is fun for me too because I'm home and we have I told you we have a little daughter who's 20 she's 22 months so she turns two at, in November but um she's she's talking quite a bit but glasses is one of her favorite word oh so whatever I'm wearing glasses says daddy glasses glasses it's non-stop she can't stop saying glasses and it, it sounds funny I mean if you if you have you guys ever been around like little kids mm-hmm. and listen to them talk Everything they say is, is funny, and it's been enjoyable to watch her learn. But, yeah, glasses, man. If I'm wearing glasses, she'll let me know like a hundred <laughs> times. Glasses, glasses, glasses. So, yeah, it's it's a blast. So I, I love virtual day because I get to be home with her. Yeah. And, man, um, when you wear glasses,
0: it's a completely different element, man. She loves that. And you have to go in. I forget that you have to go into school still to do your virtual classes on the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Exactly. So Really? Yeah. The, the Wednesday yeah. Why is
1: that? So eh, – Every time I talk about this, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm I'm complaining. That's not that's not what I'm what I'm doing. So w- the reason we go in is because the core teachers, the teachers who have classes that are in person, they need breaks, right? They mm-hmm. need to have their preps throughout the day. So the virtual teachers, me, um, PE, music, um, foreign language, I think is another one yeah. where they're all virtual. We teach our five virtual classes and then we sub for the core teachers so that they can go on prep. That's why we're at school, mm. right? We could do our, our classes from our house, mm-hmm. excuse me, but we have to be at school to give the core teachers a break. So I would say they're called minis at the middle school level, little, little study halls, mini 30-minute classes that gives the core teachers yeah. breaks.
0: I don't think we have that at the high school level.
1: I don't think so either. That's I'm, weird. I'm kind of smiling. I'm kind of grinning because I, I talk to. I still yeah. talk to my my yeah. um, former former peers or my former um, colleagues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I always am like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm I've got morning. I've got bus duty in the morning. Bus duty after school. I teach five virtual classes. I've got these three minis. I'm running all over the place. Are you doing that? Pause. <laughs> right. <laughs> so no, their their schedule is much different than ours.
0: Yeah. Thank you for coming on, and and we were so happy that you were able to hop on and talk with us for a few minutes talk wrestling talk a little bit about everything with us today so I appreciate
1: it very much so uh, like I said it's it's just cool to be around people who I've had in class before and people who I've, I've worked with and you know the the amount of things that you guys are doing as high schoolers is is just awesome right the fact that you can have a studio like this and Mm -hmm. get together and and have podcast episodes and and just have different people on your show is just really really cool so i appreciate it um thank you guys for having me on and and anytime and anytime you want to chat about anything obviously uh, i'm happy to, to do that so thank you guys thank you